Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sanyin Podcast. Today I'm joined by an amazing guest, Mr. Xavier Owana, who is the founder and CEO of Safia Fair Clothing Brand, which is one of the leading African-oriented clothing brands here in China and beyond. And I'm really pleased to have him on today's podcast. Mr. Xavier, you're welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me on your post on your podcast. Um, so let's go first things first. Um, how do you describe yourself for someone who does not know you? Tell us more about yourself. Well, I'm Xavier Owona. I'm from Cameroon. I've been in China pretty much eight years now. After uh studying in Morocco and South Africa. And I am the founder of Zafferware, which is my clothing brand. It's a project I have been working on since I was in high school. So back in 20, uh, sorry, 2003, 2004, that's when I first started. I took a long break because I wanted to really start things when I'm settled, when I'm able to have things rolling. Like I didn't want to start and stop. So I launched my brand in Shanghai, in China, where I reside in December 2020. In a nutshell, this is Xavier, CEO of Zafferware. Okay, um, let's talk about Zafferware. Um, give us an insight behind the work you do and the inspiration for starting it. Um, if I have to go with, uh, with uh, to the inspiration part, it started from a guy that was called Nasco. He had a yeah, he had this t-shirt uh, clothing brand back in the days. And I really liked this the the way his logo was looking on the on the t-shirt. It was very simple, just N and W for Nasco wear. And at that time as well, it was very trendy for us to like when you have your group of friends, you pick up a name for your group and you come up with your t-shirts. So that's how the whole thing started for me. And yeah, I started, I wanted to have my Zaffer t-shirts because Zaffer has been, has been my nickname for, for years. And to make it short, like throughout the, the different countries I've lived in, I haven't done anything because I wasn't feeling ready, specific, uh, specifically financially. And when I came to China, I saw it as an opportunity to use in order to get contacts for, for the supply, for the production. But I never planned to launch in China because I was just not feeling like China would be the market that would be receptive to what I wanted to do. Like as an African in China, I had encountered some challenges and I had gotten to face some situations where I had noticed that it wasn't the interest that uh, Chinese people had. So. I never planned to launch in China until uh, COVID hit and we were kind of stuck here. And I felt like, okay, I have some money on the side. I have always wanted to be ready financially in uh, in order to do this. And I think I'm in a position in my life where I can start and keep it going. And I had gotten more aware of my sense of or let's say of my african origins from the moment i had been living uh, i had moved to china so i started putting more african accent in my designs so it became a way for me to let's say shine as an african 
a bit of uh, breaking the stereotypes because from what I was noticing, the image they were having about Africa was a pretty uh, false one to, to say it that way. So it was just me trying to finally launch my brand and uh, be a kind of ambassador of Africa at my very little level. And that's what I've been trying to do since. Okay. Um. So when you're, when you're making these designs with yeah. in Zapaware, are they African inspired? Very much so. Like, you know, um, I am aware of the fact that I am in a very, very, very multicultural city in Shanghai. So I don't do stuff only to sell for to to sell to Africans or to black people. I want my brand to represent me, but also to be as inclusive as possible. So I come up with designs that are African orient uh, African based, but the idea is is to have them put in a way that non-Africans won't feel uncomfortable wearing them. So even if there is just a small African pattern, there is always something about Africa. Even if the design is African, but the fabric is not, let's say, with African prints, I will give a name to the piece that comes from Africa. All my pieces are named, are named out of Africa, all of them. It, it can be some dishes from Africa. It can be a street. It can be... Uh, I don't know, some traditional name that has a specific meaning. And lately I've started to educate people a bit more about the naming I pick for, for, for my pieces. So I make posts where I show the fabric, I, I put the name, I put the meaning of the name and what I'm trying to convey through, through this name and, and through this piece. So that's there is Africa in everything I do for Zafferware. And um, what would you say is your most popular like line so far? Ooh, it, it changes from a season to another. But on a general note, because I have uh, started making reversible jackets when winter time comes. And one side is fully African pattern, like very African, very vibrant, very eye-catching. And the other side is plain. And it's to give that versatility of like, if you are African and want to show how proud you are uh, as African, or if you just like African patterns and like to show, would like to show how much you like them, you wear the side with African prints. And if you want to like be a bit more discreet, go unnoticed, you wear the side that is plain. And yeah, the, the, the reversible jackets have been a hit always when when i come up with them okay and then um for someone who 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 is curious um where can someone like find your your shop be it online or physical and get these items uh for your brand at the moment i am only selling in china i'm working on different ways to start selling abroad so in china i have my mini program my wechat mini program it's the same as my as my brand Zafferware X A F E R W E A R. So when you go to WeChat in the search bar, you just type Zafferware, 
and you pick uh, in the mini program options, that, that's the only option you will see popping up. So you find me online through my, my uh, WeChat mini program. And in Shanghai, I do, I organize my own events. Like I do my fashion shows where I usually have a kind of pop-up store. Uh, when there is a collection launch, I always pick a spot where I will do the showcase of the new pieces. And I attend a lot of uh, local markets like Jashan Market, uh, beer festival, stuff like that. And I'm trying to start to go to other cities. Like I recently was working on a project in Beijing, but in the end, it couldn't work out because the location, the venue I had found was going to be closed for a month. But yeah, the plan is to also start organizing pop-up events in cities like Beijing, Guangzhou, and so on. Um, and then one last thing I'll ask about um, your brand is that um, you say that in future you'd want to expand. So are there plans that you would also put like stores and expand in Africa? Of course. Of course. I have to go back to where it started. <laughs> Something I even usually think is when I get to go back home, the first time I'll get to, to go back home because it's been a while, even if it's just on holiday, I want to be able to organize a, a pop-up store there. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. That would be nice. In, in, in due time, I definitely want to, to have my presence in Africa. And when I say Africa, I don't talk only about Cameroon, where I come from. I'm talking about any other place in Africa where I feel like it's suitable. Okay. Um. So what have been like the highlights, the successes while you're doing Zafaware? Uh, I would say the, I have organized three fashion shows. The very first one was um, April 17, 2021. I was launching my summer collection. I was happy with it. It was so-so, but I was happy with it because it was the first time and Never in my life had I thought that I would do a fashion show. And after that, the next one I organized was August 2022, like kind of right after lockdown in Shanghai. And that was a hit. Like the, the I actually couldn't go to the end of the event because the police came to shut down the, the event. It was on the rooftop and apparently we had been reported because there was more people than expected. So the, the police shut it down, which unfortunately prevented me from making sales that day and really showcase the stuff. But it gave me a huge boost. And I think I have been rolling on the, the momentum it, it gave me at that moment. So when I did my two-year anniversary fashion show on February 4th, even though it was initially scheduled for December 17th, well, yeah, I, I would say the fashion shows that I have organized have been the, the highlights. And I recently also had a pop-up at an art gallery where my friend Redick had been showcasing his art for months. So it was a kind of mix of his artistry and my fashion. And the pieces were blending very well together. Like even visually, it was already nice to see. And it was just something I hadn't seen myself pulling out at any point, even when I was dreaming of having Zafferware. When it comes to like the challenges, uh, 
is is the Chinese authorities among them? Um, I won't say authorities because at this point I haven't had any specific hiccup with authorities. I mean, my party getting shut down. I don't think it was against Zafferware or it was a Zafferware specific challenge. It would have been any other event with that many people that it would have been the the same result. So with authorities, I won't talk about. I, I won't. I can't see any challenge at this point. But of course, there is a cultural challenge because uh, Chinese people have like not Chinese people as a whole, but a lot of Chinese people have uh, an image of Africa, which is very far from what the reality is. So the acceptance of some of the products of ideas that are originated in Africa is still a challenge. So they, some of them will see my stuff and they'll be like, oh, it's nice. And that's it. Sometimes we even feel like they're just trying to be nice or polite. So there is still that um thing of having my patterns or my art accepted locally. But of course, I can also understand that it's different cultures and it takes time. So that's why I'm educating. That's why I'm communicating more about the story behind the pieces than just trying to sell the piece itself. So I, I try to do some background education so that even if they don't purchase, at least there is something they can take away. And next time they, 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 they come across an African, they maybe have a story to share and a way to connect that was different from what they had before meeting me. Okay. And what are the also the other, other challenges you get? Maybe in terms of maybe sourcing materials, you know, stuff like that. What other challenges do you face? Yeah, and how sourcing, do you overcome them? So, sourcing is definitely a challenge because I uh, when I started, Luckily, I had some fabrics that some friends had offered to me from trips in Africa that I had also purchased from my last trip to Africa because in 2019, I went to Rwanda and Tanzania. So I had those fabrics when I started. But then when I had to come up with the second collection, I had to look up suppliers online. And that was a long, long, long task to, to really get to find people sourcing fabrics that are in a way close in terms of quality and authenticity to what I was used to. So sourcing the, the right material, or let's say the right uh, fabrics with Afro patterns is one of the challenge. Uh, Another challenge is also the distribution because I have a full-time job and I can't be full-time on Zafferware at the moment. So I can't be as available as I would want to physically distribute my own stuff or have uh, having a, a store at the moment or being physically present and active in other parts of China. So I try to use my WeChat channel since... In China, we are more towards WeChat. I'm trying to use it as much as I can. I'm very much not a social media person, but before I get the, I get to have someone taking care of that, I'm also learning to be a bit more of it. So I would say increasing my presence physically and uh, online. 
is also a challenge and it's some let's say it's something i'm working on and i'm learning to improve okay um so you as someone who has made um a brand for for himself here in china in the diaspora and he's also doing other works what would be your advice to the youth in africa or beyond um, I think the advice I will have would be for the youth or anyone because being young myself, it can work for people who are even a bit older than me, just like it can work for people who are younger than me. Uh, if you have an idea, it can sound as cliche as you want, but believe in it. Give yourself time. Sometimes we want to rush into an idea just because we think it's awesome and everything but when you get into the execution rolling it out is not as obvious as, as it seemed uh the audience welcoming it is not as great as you, you you initially thought so take time be patient and be, take time to be ready like put yourself in a position where once you start there's no way back. That's why I'm saying patience and timing really are a key and definitely consistency because you 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 have to prepare yourself, you have to observe, you have to open your eyes and your ears, watch what's going on, listen to what people say, what's going on around you and what is working in your field. So in a nutshell, that's pretty much what i can say from the own experience i have had um i've seen like uh for now zafaware has maybe shirts or what are there plans for you to maybe go in the accessories market yeah yeah definitely definitely like you know i started designing only for guys because from the beginning i was only doing stuff like t-shirts and shirts so the first challenge was to learn to do things that can also be uh, unisex to begin with and then ladies oriented so it's just me learning to expand more and more so the, it was about getting to do ladies uh, ladies pieces first and with time it will be about uh, getting some accessories and for that there are definitely people I can work with there are people I have been talking with and in due time, something will come out. Okay. And then now, my final question would be, um, what makes you um, a proud African? And tell us more about your country, Cameroon, because it's the first Cameroonian on the podcast. So. <laughs> oh, that's such an honor. Uh, yeah, the well, first one. Cameroon, uh, maybe people don't know, but you don't, you don't find a lot of people who are as proud as Cameroonians are. So I'm first of all very proud to be a Cameroonian. We all uh, have things we don't feel happy about when it comes to thinking about back home and how things are working back home. But at the end of the day, we you, we always proud to be uh, people from where we are from. So before being a proud African, I'm a proud Cameroonian. And I think living abroad had given me more of a a sense of pride because you get to see how much of an outsider you are and the best way to be, I won't say to fit in, but the best way to get respected is to show how proud you are of being 
who you are and coming where you come from. So the culture that uh, I carry behind me as a Cameroonian, it's always a pleasure to tell about what I know or what I have learned or what I have lived uh, through my life in Cameroon. It's always a pleasure to tell people Cameroon is called Africa in miniature because in terms of flora, in terms of uh, fauna, you find pretty much everything that you find in other places in Africa. It's always uh, a pleasure for me to, to tell people that in terms of food, the, the variety and the diversity that you find in Cameroon is like no many places in Africa and maybe even in the world. Uh, it's always a pleasure to tell to people that I've come from a country where we have like over over 250 dialects just to show how uh, how much variety you can find in the place. So yeah, I am a proud Cameroonian and also from living in different countries in Africa and from traveling in Africa, I got to learn a bit about those countries' culture. So when you are in an environment where you get to meet people who have lived also in those countries or who come from those countries, you already find a way to connect. And if I am a Cameroonian where I meet South Africans and we are the only Africans there among, let's say, Westerners or other Asian people, of course, we will connect straight away, not only because we are Africans, but because I know some parts of Africa that can get me to relate and associate with whatever the other person will be saying. And the way I dress, it's already a statement that I'm African and that I'm a proud African. Being able to tell those people when they come like, oh, this is nice. And I'm like, yeah, this is my only, this is my own clothing brand. It's called Zafaway. It's a mix of, uh, Af it's a, it's a, clothing brand with a very slick touch of Africa uh, influence. Yeah, like just being able to be myself actually makes me a proud African. Like when people look at me, they see a black guy. The first look they have is that this guy from is from Africa and I own it because I'm learning to be more and more proud of what Africa is to me and what I can show Africa is to people. Mr. Xavier, thank you for yeah. coming to the podcast. It was really a nice insight on Zafaware. And going forward, we will really love to work hand in hand with Zafaware. Hopefully one day we'll do a live podcast at one of your exhibitions. Thanks again for having me. And that would be a great idea. We That's definitely something we can talk about. You, If I get to to come to Wuhan to organize anything, that's something yeah, yeah, that sure. will happen. Yeah, sure. That would be nice.